Well, it wouldn't be an episode of Media Noise lately without some technical difficulty. Uh, On today's episode, I will talk to Ryan McGuire about the past and future of Radio Row at the Super Bowl, and I will talk to one of our newest additions at Barrett Sports Media, Ian Castleberry, about the historically low ratings for the Winter Olympics on NBC. You will notice when I talk to Ian uh, that my microphone sounds very different. I had no idea until I got done recording that in the middle of the interview, the cable from my USB mic to my computer died, and it was just my ambient microphone picking up uh, my voice. So, But you can still hear and understand what is being said, so I still think it is worth playing. We will get to all of that in just a moment, but first, let's talk about ESPN and the NFL, because even as ESPN seems to be devoting more coverage to the lack of success of the Rooney Rule and to Brian Flores' lawsuit than any other network associated with the NFL, they really are stepping up their game to make sure they are in proper position to land Sunday ticket for ESPN Plus and to secure that prize that other networks reportedly want, which is the Manning cast. ESPN already extended their deal with Omaha Productions into the 2024 season, and Bob Chapek says that with the growth of ESPN Plus, it would be foolish not to put in a bid for Sunday ticket. My question, my thought, my opinion, I guess has to do with Is the NFL arrogant enough to try and repeat history? Are they arrogant enough to very blatantly say, you know, what they did with the concussion protocol? You hurt us by trying to expose what we are trying to cover up and we are going to penalize you in that way. You know, it coincided with the protests from uh, Colin Kaepernick and other players that began taking a knee uh, during the national anthem during the 2016 season. But also during that time, you know, the NFL was sort of punishing ESPN and giving them truly awful games. If you go back and look historically, the 2016, 17, and 18 seasons had the worst primetime lineup on Sundays and Mondays of any three-year stretch since the current media structure began, and I can't help but think there is a little bit of retaliation there. I'm not saying that those lower ratings at that time had nothing to do with the protests, but the games were extraordinarily bad. I do wonder if the NFL will see ESPN's bid. We already know they would prefer to be on Apple and sort of throw it to the side as the network continues to cover the Brian Flores situation and maybe they get into the investigation of the Washington Commanders and so on. For the second year in a row... Radio Row at the Super Bowl looks very different than what it has at its peak. Ryan McGuire has never been there. I have never been there in a broadcasting capacity. So, of course, we're the perfect two to talk about this, right? Ryan, I'm bringing you on today to talk about sort of the mental uh, algebra, I guess, that you have to do as a program director to decide whether or not you are going to send a show to Radio Row at the Super Bowl during regular times. But now, going forward... I would imagine the math problems you're working out in your head have factors you never thought about two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, Dimitri, and I, I have sent many hosts that I've worked with to different Super Bowls over the years. Uh, for me, the, the it's not really algebra. It's a real simple one plus one equals two. And that mm-hmm. is, if the team in your market is in the game, then it's worth the expense of sending your host. If your team 
uh, in the market is not playing in the big game, then it's not. Um, there is very little interest in multiple studies that I've seen and different ratings panels I've gone through have shown this. You know, unless your team is playing in the game, until kickoff, there is not really a lot of interest leading up to it. Hmm. And, and Radio Row, to me, is, is extraordinarily overrated um, because it's the same content year in and year out. So Chris Russo had an interesting quote uh, on the Ringer's Press Box podcast this week where Brian Curtis asked him if he still had interest in doing athlete interviews, and he said that's kind of why you come to the Super Bowl is there are guys that the only time they're going to be available all year is right here. Now, that being said, he was very adamant about, look, you want older guys and you want quarterbacks in particular. Nobody else really knows who I am or has a whole lot of value in terms of the stories they are going to tell. What do you think about that argument that part of the reason you go to the Super Bowl, and granted, there are going to be, and I think this depends on market size, like there are going to be a lot of people that are the same year after year after year, but there's a pretty good chance you're not going to get to talk to, say, Patrick Mahomes, unless you're at the Super Bowl and willing to talk about boner pills for three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's a little bit different for Dog because, you know, he's on Sirius XM and he's got a worldwide audience and, you know, his content goals, I think, are a little bit different than, say, a radio station in in, in Buffalo or, mm-hmm. you know, um, Lubbock, Texas. But, um, I, and I've written about this before, uh, Dimitri, I, I, I'm just, I really think that, that, there's way too much of a premium in general that's put on interviews. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I, I think that if, if I'm tuning in to, you know, Waddle and Sylvie or Cap and Jay Hoods or, you know, any of the shows I listen to on the regular, I, I'm tuning in to hear what the hosts have to say. You know, there are a few exceptions to this rule. There are a few, you know, guests who will give you good content. Uh, there are a few athletes who will, you know, be very open and give you, you know, some good red meat that you can, you know, turn around and, and turn into something that's viral and has extended life on social media. But other than that, you know, coaches and athletes, they're trained to tell you absolutely nothing, (laughs) right? That's just me. Not everybody agrees with that sentiment, but again, I, I just think, you know, there's way too big a premium for the most part that's put on guests. And, you know, that's really all that Radio Row is about. <laughs> so before I let you go, I want to talk uh, a bit about last year, because really, um, I find it interesting that last year you had the first time ever we had a home team play in the Super Bowl. It also turned out to be the very last Super Bowl, at least as far as we know, featuring Tom Brady. I, I wonder how much our opinion about Radio Row changed from last year to this year, where last year I think a lot of stations realized, hey, we can do good content without spending the money to go. But, geez, as we got closer to the Super Bowl this year, it kind of turned into, geez, look at what we missed out on by not being there. Yeah, I I guess, you know, for some people there's – and, again, I think a lot of this comes from – 
Uh, I think a lot of this comes from hosts who are used to being there. And then when they're told that they can't go there, then, you know, they're the ones that usually are complaining about it. But, you know, I, I again, I just, I, I don't see what the allure is. I mean, unless, you know, you're a station in Cincinnati or a station in Los Angeles, um, I, again, I just, I don't, I, I, you'd have to really sell me, um, you know, on the value of the massive investment it would take to, to be there because I don't see it totally in content. And also, you know, I, 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 I've never, you know, there, there's never been a long line of sponsors in any station I've ever worked at who have said, yeah, we, we'd love to buy this sponsorship to help fund you guys going to the Super Bowl. And sometimes, you know, you'll get like national, uh, Right. You know, vendors and accounts that'll that'll, you know, foot the bill for you to go. And, you know, then, OK, it's fine. You've you've managed to justify it. But, you know, I just I, I don't see why it's 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 such a big deal. And here's the other thing, too. You know, we spoke about, you know, uh, Russo. And I mean, you've got every national syndicated show for the most part that that is there. You know, you've got I mean, they're pretty much all there. And, and here's the thing that always cracks me up, you know, <laughs> the whole thing basically is a car wash of the same people saying the same things going from show to show. So let's say you're carrying Jim Rome and he has, I don't know, Eli Manning on. Okay, well, when your local show comes on after Rome, Eli is going to walk over to your table and you're probably going to hear the same story. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, so that's just where I'm at. So the Olympics are going on right now, the 2022 Winter Olympics. Certainly we have all known it was coming. I wonder how much the factors of the pandemic, how much the role of China, or I guess the reputation of China plays a role in all of this. Ian Castleberry, first of all, welcome to the site. Welcome to uh, Media Noise for the first time. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Wait, uh, what? Very anticlimactic ending for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Olympics because they are on. NBC has been advertising them thanks to the long delay in time. They've basically been on 24 hours a day. I don't know anybody who is watching. I have a friend who, who's been watching, watching some of the skiing events. Very got very much into the uh, Eileen Gu uh, situation but yeah for the most part there just seems to be no buzz very little interest other than you know some breakthrough stories that i'm not sure how much of it has to do with the olympics like michaela schifrin right falling in two races and the coverage that nbc had with lingering on her or interviewing her right after when she was clearly emotionally fragile um but in terms of the events themselves no i don't think uh, they've been getting very much attention and you mentioned some of the of the factors, and it's certainly more than one thing. But I really do think the 13 hour time difference between the United States and Beijing is just killing NBC here. Like to me, that is the biggest thing. And I don't want to dismiss that people really are sort of boycotting this for the fact that it is in China. I, there are definitely people doing that. I am amongst them. However, I think to say that is the number one factor. And tell me if you think I'm being too cynical here. I think that really overestimates Americans' ability to give a shit. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I just think, too, it, it, it's just 
it's just a fact of, of the time difference. Like, like, you know, I'm a big figure skating fan. My mother's a huge figure skating fan. And you've had these big events, you know, Nathan Chen, he's, he set a record, you know, the highest score ever uh, in a men's final. And those events didn't show on broadcast TV until like 12 midnight in the East. Who's staying up that late? I mean, yeah. you could, if you're, if you're really dedicated, but if you have to work the next day, or if you're just not used to staying up that late, you know, you're watching it later on, uh, on, on DVR, maybe you're watching a replay on NBC or Peacock later on. I mean, I mean, the, normally I think those events would be literally in prime time, you know, between eight, uh, and 11 for them to be on after midnight, I, I think is just a, a killer. You know, one of the things that uh, leading into this event was was made a big deal uh, is the fact that the Super Bowl and the Olympics are going to overlap. The Olympics are going to lead into the pregame coverage. The Olympics will be what NBC shows immediately after they are done with Super Bowl 56. Do It seems logical to think that at least on Sunday, the ratings will get somewhat of a bump. How much do you think NBC is hoping that sustains them for the rest of the games? And how much do you think they're resigned to the fact that, you know, it's still the most watched thing on TV, just the ratings aren't where they have been for past Olympics? Yeah, exactly. They're not going to win when you compare the numbers, even to the, the last uh, uh, Winter Olympics or even just last year uh, to the Tokyo Summer Olympics. I think there will be a bump. You know, so many people are going to tune into the Super Bowl I mean, you have to think most people are aware the Winter Olympics are on, but, you know, getting a little reminder during the Super Bowl, hey, okay, the Winter Olympics are still on after the Super Bowl. Here are some big events uh, that that still have yet uh, to take place. So maybe there will be a little bump, but the the numbers are so low already. It's such an uphill climb. As you said, it's still going to be the most watched. Uh, program of this time period, but it, it's just such, there's such an uphill climb here. How fair is it? You mentioned last year's games and we'll wrap up here. How fair is it to compare winter Olympics and summer Olympics? We've never had a situation where they are just months apart from one another before. And I think the summer games tend to be more accessible, right? Like, like easier to picture yourself doing whether you're good at these things or not. Whereas Absolutely. everything in the Winter Olympics looks like it came from outer space and requires a certain <laughs> level of income to have real familiarity with. Yeah, I think the Summer Olympics are more accessible. They're more, as you said, you know, you can go out and run, you know, you can go yeah. out and, and swim. There's like a classic, you know, like going back to, you know, ancient times with Greek. Uh, the original Greek Olympics, you know, those were the events uh, that were taking place. I think having that six month period between the, the, the delayed Summer Olympics and these Winter Olympics, I, I think that six month period really did prevent NBC from having a buildup. Usually you would have two years, you know, to build up to remind everybody, hey, Michaela Schifrin's going for this. Uh, remember Chloe Kim. Uh, U.S. hockey could could do very well, and, and there just hasn't. I mean, people felt like, well, didn't we just have an Olympics? Right. Uh, and then here come the Winter Games. All right, that is where we put a pin in it for today. Next week, do we talk about Super Bowl commercials? Probably not. We'll be a little bit uh, well past the expiration date at that point, so we'll just have to wait and see what develops. Until then, a big thank you to Ryan and to Ian, and I'll talk to you next week. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, and check back soon for new episodes. 
To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com. 